Join us for PR Safari, a podcast by Center for Public Relations. PR Safari, your ultimate guide to navigate the complex PR landscape in Africa. Find us at www.cpr.africa. Hello, my name is Chris Wangalwa. How about we delve into the sacred art of storytelling by communication professionals? Our guest and guide for this episode is Rehem Makahurananga, Regional Communications and Constituency Manager at International Union for Conservation of Nature. Communication is an interesting field. It's such a broad field and sometimes whoever the decision maker is maybe has an idea of what communication is to them. And so as the communication professional, Sometimes someone will have it in their mind that if we're appearing in the papers every week, that means our communication is good. But maybe your internal comms is falling apart. Your digital strategy is, you know, not so good. As the communication professional, it is your role, I believe, to be that strategic advisor. Yes, you have expectations to fulfill, but at the same time, how can you, in a very helpful way, be able to expand people's views as to what else communication is apart from maybe just media relations. Not to say that media relations is not important, but there's so much beyond that scope of media relations. Including storytelling. Absolutely. (laughs) Media relations as well, you know, yes, the stories can be told there, but you know exactly that. How do you use storytelling to support the work that the organization is doing? If someone was to ask you, who are you? What would you say? If I was to give just one word, I would say storyteller. Storyteller, that is a word that is thrown around a lot. Understandably so. I fell in love with stories from a very young age. I think I published my first book at around the age of six or seven. And this book was a homemade book, let me tell you. But Uh um, what I think uh, storyteller to me encompasses is being able to connect with people. And when you take it further to the communications field or marketing field, it's how do you use different measures of storytelling, whether that's writing, video content, whether that's graphics, whether that's art, to be able to take a brand or a service or a product to the next level. I think storytelling is such an underrated power. It's a superpower in my opinion. And for me then, storytelling is using any kind of ability to connect with people. To me, that's what it is. I started out my career as a, as a writer for a publication, but I also think there's so much power in being able to create content through photos, through graphics, through video, through music, through different types of media, actually, to be able to connect with people and get them to either understand a cause or, you know, come on board your cause. So that's, that's why I say storyteller. It's a bit of a vague concept, it appears. And everybody seems to have a different story around their storytelling so what do i need to do because at the end of the day we say we are storytellers and everybody says you've got to have a story you've got to be relatable and it's not clear it sounds vague are you able to just paint a picture for us as you would very well know chris there's a saying these days that content is king But I'll take us back in history. If you look at African culture, for example, we began with oral culture to be able to pass messages along, values, preserve our history. So that to me was the origin of storytelling when it comes to this continent. Like I said, it was an oral culture, so it was passed down from generation to generation. And there were people whose sole profession was to be able to recount history, give lessons just based on that. When you fast forward it to this modern age, I would say that to make something relatable, for example, I'm very passionate about this continent and uh, being able to portray it in a way that 
is an alternative to what we've been so used to. So one of the hashtags I love to use is it's a good day in Africa. Yes, we may be rained on with all the stories of all oh, corruption, poverty, crisis, conflicts, scarcity, but there's so much that's going on still in this continent that needs to be talked about. And for me, that is my form of storytelling and making it relatable is saying it's a good day in Africa. Now, you may want to take it to something broader like conservation. Which is your area. <laughs> Which is my more recent transition. Make um, it train, make it train. <laughs> I shall try. So when most of us hear the word conservation, I think we might switch off or we might think, eh, that's for a certain preserve of people. Either it's for the tree huggers or it's for a certain demographic who have time to care about what's happening, you know, with the natural world. But I will say that conservation touches every part of our lives. Relatable, yes. And that's the part I would say has the opportunity to be made relatable. The development sector, and I'll say for conservation in particular, can be accused sometimes of speaking to the same crowd, like just talking within ourselves to ourselves. And there's a time and place for that, which is very important. But then when you think about all the conference of parties, all these global frameworks and policies that then need to be scaled at the state level and even further down to the citizens, you and me, how is that made possible? How do you make biodiversity relatable to somebody who has, as they might see, they're busy, they're working a full-time job, they have kids, maybe they may or may not have kids, but whatever the case, they're on their daily grind. They're maybe urban, even if they're rural, they have their lives to lead. And how do you then make an issue like conservation or climate change relatable to them? And for me, that's where the power of stories actually comes in. I've been seeing more and more initiatives that are working on storytelling around conservation to do exactly that, make it applicable. So I would say, for example, if we want to talk, okay, climate change, of course, has been the flavor for, you know, it's been a hot topic for so long. But, you know, in the last few months, we've been seeing how, you know, we joke about this Nairobi solar and how things are so hot and everything. Yes. One thing I would say is, you know, sometimes we feel, oh, you're chasing after the things you need in life and you may live at the right address. You may take your kids to the best schools, but what is that to count for at all if one day you're not going to be able to open your windows and breathe air that's actually safe for you? Or uh, what happens when the conflicts that arise are going to be over resources such as water? I already picture a scenario where I'm creating a story and I take it to the future. Mm -hmm. Now I can't open my window. The relatability to me is that I have a window. Probably I don't plant trees, but I have a window. And one day there's too much pollution of whatever. And so I have to now begin to see, ah, now I'm affected. Because if you tell me about conservation, I don't think I'll listen to you. It's very unlikely that you'll give me much airtime. Yes. Especially in an era where everybody's eyeballs are for me that's the prime real estate people's eyeballs and their minds again if i go back to being able to make this relatable you have to be clear on who your audience is and that will then help determine the approach and so when you have a good analysis of who your audience is and what their pain points are or what would matter to them in the future it can then help you take now the authentic scientifically credible information and translate it so that First of all, one can raise awareness. 
second of all, one can hopefully then raise a level of advocacy so somebody can think, okay, what could I actually do in my sphere of influence? An example I always love giving is even just saying, you know what, I will use a water bottle instead of always depending on these one-use plastics all the time. Being intentional. If you have it in your mind already that, oh, by the way, plastics and pollution, what can I do? Instead of very easily taking that wrapping and saying, if you purchase something and somebody wants to wrap it for you in an additional piece of material that really you don't need, you've already carried a bigger bag with you or you have a shopping bag, those are the little steps that can be taken to be able to do something where you are with what you have. The challenge that I see with the the approach that we agree works mm. or should work is that the consumers are very, very scattered yes. and it's very difficult to reach them wherever they are. The easiest thing would be to work with mainstream. My challenge is, will they consume the story the way we are describing it here today? Maybe yes. If not, there's all forms of owned media or influencers to work with to deliver the same or yourself being an influencer maybe in that regard. And that requires a budget. Yes, it does. So where do you get the budget? Ah, that is the million dollar question, if I may say. So first of all, I give myself a reality check by saying that this is a long-term initiative. There will be some quick outputs that can come out of it, which is great. But it's really, it needs to be continuous. And there's so many ways to look at it because you're very right. These kinds of things always end up needing some sort of budget. And at the same time, budgets can be so limited and stretched, but you know, you do your best to meet the objectives. And I know this will sound like such a shameless plug, but World Wildlife Day was on March 3rd. Okay. And the theme this year was on partnerships for wildlife conservation. And, you know, sometimes we see these big days coming up and we see the theme and there's, you know, there's hype and whatnot, but we move on very fast. But this one actually really spoke to me because I thought about it and I was like, no one can be expected to do all of this alone. Mm -hmm. So if budgets are an issue maybe there are other ways to smartly go about it. And for me, partnerships now uh, looks like anything. So looking at the spread of ways to communicate and channels through which we can communicate, how do we do this? So perhaps my organization may or may not have a budget or I have a budget that will last me until maybe the end of 2023. But are there other organizations in the same space that want to achieve the same thing? And could we join forces? You guys are doing the same things, yes? Yes, a lot are. You know, one of the things I always say is it's important we note that we're all rowing in the same direction. Mm -hmm. Ideally, we want the same things. At the end of the day, we want a better earth for ourselves and we want a better earth for the generations to come. So what are we actually doing about it? And everyone has the good intentions to uh, see this through. So how do we better work together? And I know that sounds very cliche and, you know, very kumbaya, but the, the event you were referring to was, um, it was actually part of a joint partnership. And basically the approach was to take journalists through some in-class learning mm -hmm. around, this one was specifically around the issues of illegal wildlife trade and poaching and consumption of bushmeat, but also on the broader scale, how to get a better I would love appreciation to have for... I would love... <laughs> <laughs> Oi, Chris, <laughs> we shall have that conversation separately. <laughs> okay, let's proceed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yes, um, that those were some of the topics. And perhaps it would have been, you know, if we had 
planned earlier, it would have been fantastic for you to come by and just listen to a few of these yes. sessions. They're very eye-opening. And so there's the in-class experience, but then there was also field activities to now put together. I always say going out to the field helps to uh, put the pieces of the puzzle together. And so, yes, it was just a one-week exercise, but it was different organizations coming together to be able to achieve this. And so that's one way partnerships can work. For me, my biggest concern is, okay, that has happened. It is fantastic. People have really, you know, jumped on board and felt like, wow, I never knew this and this and that. And so I see it planting a seed. But how do you keep that going? So maybe can you find other partners as well who, you know, for example, might want to have, like, let's say we say once a quarter, these partners in conservation, let's come together, let's host a happy hour at yeah. a location. Yeah. Invite. It's more like co- politics where this figure has numbers, this figure has money, hey, this exactly. figure has gift of the gab. And so you pull your resources together. Your organization could be having some 500,000 followers. And so we do a Facebook Live on our platform. Exactly. Okay, yeah. interesting. So things like that. Um, so as I was saying, maybe hold a host a happy hour, invite, mm-hmm. you know, 20 guys from the media or more to have yeah. them come in, hold a session first on some informative topic, and then have guys just chat and network. And, you know, because there's sometimes this push and pull between, oh, we want, you know, we'd love to get more story coverage from the media, but the media has its own dynamics. And at times it feels like, oh, you know, whenever we put out information, it may not be quoted accurately or yeah. it is taken out of context. Or so, it's not covered at all because yes, it's, or it's not, not hard news exactly. enough. Yes. And so how do you get to build those relationships? And so for me, relationship building through partnership is one. And then again, maybe there's an issue of being able to create content. Maybe we don't have the ability to have a videographer full-time and uh you know and a photographer full-time so maybe one can look at a smart partnership with an institution that does you know that trains um creatives and yeah. in in exchange you know we have the field work we have we have access to where this work is taking place and so maybe can a partnership be formed yeah that ends up being of value to both sides so mm. these are just some of the ideas but really for me it's the way forward because of budgets being tight and capacity being tight, how can you look at leveraging resources that exist? One of the resources is agencies. My experience with agencies is that they are an additional thinking partner that brings in the capacity that you did not have previously. I think it's a luxury sometimes to be able to call on an agency to do work for you. A luxury? Yes, I will say luxury because the budget can be a constraint. Mm-hmm. Not everywhere you go will be able to have a budget that says we can we can have an agency on retainer, etc. But I also think if your organization, let's say, has such a scope that you know as a comms professional that we would benefit from the capacity that an agency would bring, then I think it is up to the comms professional who's in-house to be able to build a case for that. For me, I always believe in proof of concept for something. You may bring an idea that people previously considered a waste of budget or a waste of time, but when you identify what the pain points are or the gaps are, and you find a way to, let's say, you know, if it's through your networks or through some way, you're able to then bring in that service and say, you see now what the difference is. So for me, it always ends up being a case for investment. Can you build a case for investment? Can you look at ways to say, you know, maybe just give us a try for this one project or this one campaign and let's see what the before and after is. But if that is not an issue and if there is budget overflowing, I 
absolutely think that having an agency is the right agency, a good agency, <laughs> makes all the difference. What is a good agency or the right agency? So for me, a good agency now would depend on the client and the client's scope of work. So let me take it even back a little bit. I would say the foundation for a good relationship with an agency is mutual respect. Okay. I say mutual respect because there can be times when the client is giving very unrealistic demands and expectations, (laughs) Mm -hmm. has very high demands and expectations of an agency. Not that they should not be held to providing quality outputs, but there's also being realistic about what is possible. So I believe that there should be respect on the side of the clients to know that this is the scope of work and these are the SOPs. You know, if you if you want to hold a campaign, these are sort of the timelines that we can work around so that we give you something of value as opposed to saying, I need this in 24 hours. And you know that clearly this is something that would take at least a whole week's work. Yeah. So respect on the side of the client, but also respect on the side of the agency because there can be situations where an agency can take on a very patronizing attitude towards its client. Oh. Yes. Perhaps making the client feel that they don't know what they want or they don't know how they're, you know, making it seem that they they never knew what they were doing in the first place. It's fine. You can think that. But as the agency, it is your role to frame it in such a way that (laughs) it's not it's not done disrespectfully or in a patronizing manner. Um, So I would say mutual respect. But then also there's some agencies that are full 360 and handle a range of clients all the way from maybe consumer goods to, you know, a whole different industry. But then there are also niche agencies. And I would say that it's it's almost like matchmaking. What are the needs of the client and the organization and what's what field of work are they in? And then what kind of agency do we feel would bring the value that we need? You'll be surprised that sometimes these very small Either small or lesser known or newer agencies can really help strengthen the communication output for a particular client. Thank you very much for making time on a Saturday and we really appreciate your time, Rahim. It's been my pleasure, Chris. Thank you so much.